New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Our guest today has, for the last six years, focused his work on humanity's civilizational crisis and collective mortality. For the last five months, he's also had to face his personal mortality in the form of a rare, aggressive, incurable stage four cancer. Today he'll be sharing what he's learning about being a benefit to all life in the midst of death. He has a deep comprehension of the sacred global rite of passage that we and all humankind are going through in these liminal times. He'll share with us how we can be of help in an insane world, and we'll talk about spiritual friendship and how we can collectively gather to be of help to one another in these crazy-making times. Terry's work weaves together strands from evolutionary neuroscience, deep ecology, integral theory, and spiritual wisdom. He offers a practical path forward out of humanity's current morass. Terry Patton is the founder of A New Republic of the Heart, a co-creative social experiment in being of benefit. He's a philosopher, activist, social entrepreneur, and teacher of integral practice and transformation. He co-wrote with Ken Wilber and colleagues in the Integral Institute the book Integral Life Practice and has taught integral life practice to over 10,000 people. Terry also founded the consciousness technology company Tools for Exploration and led the team at the HeartMath Institute that developed the first heart rate variability monitor. He advises businesses, addresses restorative forestry, fossil fuel alternatives, collective trauma, and the reclaiming of personal data and power. His most recent book is A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries. Join us for the next hour as we explore practices of the heart to become an effective revolutionary with our guest, Terry Patton. I'm speaking with Terry from his home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Terry, welcome. Thank you so much, Justine. Good to be here with you and everyone. 
thank you so much for being here with us. It's our honor to have you. And I'd like to begin um, with our present landscape. We're in a meta-crisis. You're in a personal meta-crisis, and the the whole planet is in a meta-crisis. So can you talk about where we are? Give, Give us a feeling of the landscape of where we are right now. Well, I think that everyone is in a process of grokking or more fully comprehending an awful lot of chaos. You know, we're clearly dealing with a very profound and and perhaps uh, impossible uh, ecological crisis. The web of life is fraying profoundly, and many of us are aware of that, particularly in the form of climate change. But we're also dealing with... uh, a meaning crisis, a crisis of what is reality and truth, where we are in the midst of political and institutional crises uh, all over the world. And we're in the midst of potentially disabling psycho-spiritual crisis, crisis of the soul. So it is a sometimes frightening or confusing situation. Most of us are co-creating a bubble of denial because it's really too much to deal with. And so we're not really facing reality altogether. And there's something healthy about that. We have to keep on keeping on. You know, the, the, there's a beautiful clarity in uh, Samuel Beckett's, uh, I don't know the work very well, but it has a title, uh, I Can't Go On, I'll Go On. Uh, and to some degree, we, we, we are all needing to go on, even when, to some degree, uh, despair is, is brought forward. Many of us have an intuitive sense that a kind of positivity and hope and constructive orientation, a faith in God, a faith in reality, a faith in humanity, uh, you know, is is a healthy way to orient. And yet, almost all of us are aware that the particular ways that we're able to be constructive and make a contribution don't address the totality of the crises that we're, we're dealing with. We, we, we need a profound whole system, whole person, whole planet transformation of a level that doesn't seem to be possible given the conditions of our world. So that's a lot for us to deal with. And just like individuals are in denial of death, you know, Ernest Becker's wonderful, famous uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning book is a favorite of many of my favorite intellectuals, in which he basically takes Freudian psychology and recontextualizes it. Instead of it being a repression of sex, it's a repression of our fear of death and annihilation that organizes our neuroses. So, in a way, we're all being called to go through a profound rite of passage into a new level of maturity. And yet, we're dealing with a crisis that none of us can meet except as a collective, together. And so this 
asks of us an, a new level of vulnerability, of, of, of communication, of honesty, of contact with ourselves and reality so that we can be in contact with one another. And all of that is actually a profound grace. Uh, if we respond to it, it allows us to become more of who we hope and you know were born to be. So all of that is on the table for us all. Right. It's yes. I think you have described it beautifully. And I, one of the things that is also happening that many of us are very concerned about would be uh, our broken information ecology. Mm. And we're no longer living in a collective truth, so to speak. If everybody has their truth. There's conspiracy theories and talk about, you know, deep state elites or good versus evil. And I know that you talk about we're in a post-heroic moment, and, and you call it yin heroism. What do you see there? Help us understand what, what you mean by a post-heroic moment. We have many, many ways that we're waking up from earlier stages of human development. And one of the models of how to live the good life, be the best kind of human being, is the hero's journey and a heroic model of how we can be the best person we can be. But the heroic orientation is about being it's almost the one of conquest. Usually the hero conquers uh, his nemesis as a part of that journey. And the orientation of conflict and the orientation of each of us being the hero or the heroine uh, of, of, of our story, it, it has a limited validity, but there are many myths. Uh, that's, a, I think, a hyper-masculine myth, and there are other myths, too. And we're in a moment right now where uh, our ability to be, to be coherent as collectives, even small collectives, to actually have friendships and relationships and, and, and communities that are of a new level of coherence is the whole point. And to do that, you've got to listen to other people. You've got to be generous. You've got to nurture what's best in them. You've got to be big and magnanimous. And those are qualities that are more often associated with the feminine, with yin leadership. Our taking the lead by being generous, by bringing a kind of healing kindness into a space that changes that space. That's the heroism that seems to me most important, not exclusively, but our moment is calling for it so strongly, so poignantly. Can love be stronger than anger and fear and, and all these motivators that drive us to what's least in ourselves. Well, we have to give that a try. And all of us have room to grow in that dimension. 
Well, I'm thinking, Terry, when we really think about our belief system and uh, how we view the world, we, we live in our little tribes and we put others outside that tribe. We, you know, there are people that we disagree with or we think they're not awake enough or whatever. And I know what you're talking about is that we really need to know to whom we are listening and to possibly seek out those people that we dismiss, that we we just put out of our realm of being and our presence and and we say, oh, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. So it, you're saying that this we need to get beyond that, I think, is what you're talking about. Well, I I do think we you know, there, there are several different dimensions to that. To some degree, we do really need to find like-minded fellows. We need to find a true brother-sisterhood. And the people who can really enter into mutuality with us are, you know, not everyone is ready to do that. And it's fine for us to be, to some degree, a little selective, you know, in order to really come together in a coherent way with a larger community. Let's let's talk more about that in just one moment. I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Terry Patton, and he spells his last name P-A-T-T-E-N, Terry Patton, and he's the author of A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries, and he also is a co-founder of this experimental community of... Um, of a new republic of the heart. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Terry Patton, and if you want to know more about his work, um, his website is just full of all sorts of activities. Go to newrepublicoftheheart.org, O-R-G, newrepublicoftheheart.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. And Terry, we're talking about, okay, finding these people who are willing to be truly present with us in the exploration of how we can you could you call it uh, friends of uh, friends of the heart or you call it spiritual friends 
So tell us about um, spiritual friends, and I don't think you mean it in a religious sense. Well, I don't mean it in a religious sense, but, you know, there's this phrase, spiritual but not religious. I think we live, you know, we're spiritual beings uh, having a human experience, as Teilhard de Chardin so beautifully said. So we're uh, not able to really have a deep and meaningful conversation about any of this without including uh, our spiritual nature. So there's a kind of, I mean, there are a couple of things. To some degree, we have to be a little selective in order to find the people with whom we can really resonate and serve in the most profound ways. At the very same time, we never, you know, there's a wonderful saying from uh, Ram Dass's guru, Neem Karoli Baba, never put anyone out of your heart. So, right now we're in a time of such division, and it's bringing out the worst in many, many people. And to some degree, on certain levels, we do have conflicts where we have to take a stand in the short term in order to prevent destructive outcomes. And people are therefore at least temporarily our uh, adversaries in that contest for efficacy. And yet, in not putting them out of our heart, we can we can have a, a recognition that the whole thing is about love. The whole thing, all of this is about a fundamental generosity of spirit. And we have to practice that at our edge. That means as well as we can be kind and generous and listen and love and bring out the best in one another, we can learn to do that better and more and more fully. And that can extend to a level of coherence in groups that are un is uncommon. And this is really one of the frontiers of human evolution right now. So it's an inspiring opportunity. And that's uh, a big focus. It's what I want to do with, you know, now it seems I may have limited time left in this, in this body and lifetime. So I want to uh, invest in that, and, 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 and I have been investing in that for some time, and this new chapter of my life is drawing me into a more radical commitment to that. You know, Terry, I, prior to this interview, I looked up the word, and you've mentioned it several times already, coherence. And I looked up the word, uh, co uh, or the phrase, coherence theory, and this is what I got. I got the theory of truth that every true statement, insofar as it is true, describes its subject in the totality of its relationship with all other things. And I thought that last phrase, in relationship with all other things, and that's what makes things coherent, that it's not just... We, we live in a, a society that is so fragmented, and we pull out things, even scientific materialism will, will look at like little parts of things, and yet we are learning, isn't, or would you agree that we are learning that 
all things are are connected and to have this realization transforms us in some way makes it you're shaking your head so i i want you to to elaborate on that okay, and help sure. me out there well it's the findings of our best science and quantum physics and the quantum understanding of the physics of our universe and it's also the realization of our most awakened spiritual uh, teachers adepts uh, religious uh, you know the most realized beings that everything is connected to everything else and that really there's no separation and that essentially we are all family. A saying in the environmental community is there's no away. You can't throw anything away because there is no away. And, and we're, we're, we're gradually having better and better conceptual models of reality that are less and less fragmented. But we've begun from a very fragmented place. And we're in uh, circumstances that are tending to draw us toward, you know, they, crisis times bring out the best and the worst in human beings. And so there are many pulls toward separation and the radical realization of our interconnectedness and inherent coherence. It isn't like we are, begin in separation and we have to achieve non-separation. We're already non-separate. We may not always be aware of it. We may not always be operating on the premise of that. But as we befriend one another in a more profound way, and we befriend future generations, and we befriend reality, and we also uh, awaken to the fact that we live in a death-phobic culture and we become less afraid to deal with our individual and collective mortality and the potential of yeah, maybe there will be a disaster and that our society and culture, maybe human populations will radically reduce. I mean, you know, the, the worst case scenarios are not uh, entirely, you know, they, they, they seem increasingly probable given uh, recent current events. So that, that, that there, there's, there's a lot for us to become open to and coherent with. And there is... The, the, each of those uh, places where we tend not to be in contact with aspects of reality are opportunities to be more awake, to love more fully, to be who we really truly are at a soul level more fully. It's an inspiring opportunity for every one of us. Even, you know, as I look toward what, how I would like to go through the aperture of the tunnel through which souls go in their dying. It's, it's an opportunity to do that in a way that is as beautiful and true and, 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 and generously good as possible. So that there, there, this is an inspiring time if we get it. It's also a time in which we have to grieve. It's a time for both gratitude and grief. And it's a time in which tears are appropriate. Tears of grief can become indistinguishable, though, from tears of gratitude. And we can just see 
whether we're feeling optimistic or pessimistic about our collective situation, we have so much potential and we are in some ways so beautiful and noble and we are in so many ways so flawed and there is so much loss and suffering and trauma and legacies of abuse and 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 and, and wounding and re-wounding if if we're not close to tears we're not paying attention and yet those tears can be part of a power a, a, a ferocity, a, a showing up in the world. It, it is a different kind of heart warriorship that is able to face reality without blinking and flinching. And to do that in a way that empowers others to do so also. I, th I think of that grief and those tears, Terry. There's an ecstasy to grief. I'm, I know that those are odd words to put together, but I find when I am truly in grief, I am in truly in touch with what it is that I love. When my husband passed, and there are moments when I have just tremendous grief and I feel it deep in my heart, and I feel like, oh, this is because of my our love, and and it puts me in touch with that. So, I, I what I hear you saying is not to be afraid of grief and to call it up, not not to turn away from it because it's a powerful uh, equalizer, so to speak, uh, for us. Well, and it's also something that we can do together. Uh, Anciently, and, and, and for most of human history, we've done our grieving in ceremony, in community, in our tribal units. We've wailed and sung songs of grief and American Indian traditions that would sing their death song right before they died and be witnessed by others. This is uh, uh, beautiful and true. Now, we don't really live in a culture that appreciates and operates in terms of such ceremony anymore. On the other hand, we can create circumstances of some ceremonial uh, engagement with one another around, there's so much to grieve. Joanna Macy's beautiful work that reconnects begins with gratitude and then it goes to feeling the pain of the world and the pain of, of, of everything that's being destroyed. There's a sharing of grief. And out of that, one sees with new eyes and then can come forth and, and, and act and, and do what we can in, uh, as an expression of our love of life and our love of reality and our love of God. Uh, you know, we don't have to have a definition of what God is, but there is a, 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 a radiant, uh, transcendental, and utterly embodied uh, beauty to all of reality, both imminent, this amazing Mother Earth and our whole environment, and then the, the, the sky uh, qualities of consciousness and transcendence and all of that is uh, 
you know, if we're if we're living in contact and in communion with all of that, we are, in a way, an active blessing to anyone we come into contact with, and this brightening of each moment that we can touch one another, that's a good reason to live. That's a, that enriches us. Oh, well said. I'm inspired by that. I'm here with Terry Patton, and he is the author of A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Terry Patton, and he is the founder of A New Republic of the Heart, a co-creative social experiment of being of benefit. And But before we really get into that, I know that you talk about how, Terry, we are in a global rite of passage can you describe a little bit what is what are maybe the steps of the rite of passage that are indicating that we are really in that and uh, how how we can move together through that? Well, I, I think that the models that we have from anthropology uh, generally uh, talk about. Uh, the, the adolescent uh, who's going through a passage into adulthood, being separated from their world, going through an ordeal, and then returning to the community and being re-embraced. Those are the classical steps of a rite of passage. I think we're dealing with a rite of passage of a whole new order, though, right now. One that uh, we can learn something from from anthropological, you know, our past human ceremonial uh, activities, but wherein we don't really know what we're passing into. And we're, we're, we are already separated from one another by the pandemic. We're uh, separated from the routines of our lives as, as, as they had been. And we're separated from uh, the security of the frames that we were raised to imagine we lived in. We, we thought there was a security of living in a free society. There was a security of there being a certain level of prosperity. We're becoming more and more aware of all the contradictions that have been part of our presence in the world all along that we really didn't have a comprehension of. And, and, and so we're going through a very profound disorienting ordeal. Who, who the heck are we? Are we, you know, we've met the enemy and he is us. And, ah, and, and so there's a profound ordeal in that. And on the other side of that, there might be a coming back together with a community that has some kind of sanity and, 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 and beauty and hope. 
And how, how do we do that? So, so you're saying, like, going back to the early part of our conversation, like the hero's journey as an individual, we're saying the new way of being is more collective. I mean, we're, we're going to have to join with others. It's beloved community or something that when, when we're together with others, and I, I, I will want you to talk about the kind of deep listening that is needed when we're together, but when we're together with others, we might speak of our experience we might receive and listen in to the experience of others. And then there's something that happens there in that, that mutual sharing and being truly present with one another that leads to a shared experience that is something other than mine or yours. I'd, I'd love for you to speak about that experience. Yeah, well, I, I, I talk about this a lot. I, I call it uh, we space in my book. But before I get into we space directly, I'd like to say these challenges on every level are asking for something new. So that means that the way we are learning the lessons of our lives and growing and becoming more conscious or effective or loving or whatever is good, but more is necessary. The ways in which we are practicing our spirituality are good, and yet we're being asked to make a leap. Beyond our personal uh, practice. Yes. And our ways of being friends, our ways of being in contact with one another. There's such a huge, beautiful tradition like Quaker meeting and many other, uh, you know, Bohemian dialogue, it goes on and on. There's this rich, rich tradition of deep connection among people, and it's good, but we're actually being asked to go beyond even that. And so that puts us in a question that we don't have an answer to, like a koan. It's a central idea in my book that we're dealing with what Dogen called a, a, a genjo koana, uh, an impossible riddle that is given to us by life. How do we meet the test of this moment? We don't know. So we have to be together in the not knowing, and we have to be together in the care, deep caring. And we have to be together in the deep humility that really beckons forth what's wisest and most beautiful and best in one another. And, and, and to do that at a whole new octave, not to, yes, let's go ahead and celebrate the best moments we've ever experienced, but let's regard that as the holy jumping off place from which even more profound coherence might become into being. Because this crisis is, it, it, what we know how to do ain't good enough. And yet, it's all good, you know, like there's a kind of self-compassionate appreciation and not getting all negative that's important too. On the other hand, the, the way it challenges us can potentially bring out the very best in us and the best between us, the best in our, in our friendships and our love. I'm thinking of the metaphor of here we are together 
in friendship in in our in a car driving at night on a windy road we've never been on before and all we can see is as far as our headlights will shine so it's also not a, being attached to some sort of goal or outcome because as you said it's a mystery how it's all going to unfold and so um i i know that uh Michael and I, when we used to do workshops together, we would say, do the work. Go ahead and do the work and contribute, but do not be attached to the outcome. And so it's, it's like not knowing the full highway, but that's where we are, aren't we? Well, that's right. I mean, this is the thing is that many, many voices are contending. We're in a time right now in which there's what some people call mimetic warfare, where everybody wants your attention. Even every moment, like advertising, it goes, goes on and on. But that this, this, this game of, and, and everybody has an ulterior motive, so you can't really trust. So, you're, so what are they really trying to do? And, 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 and all of that comes out of people thinking they know what they don't really know. So they have this very limited goal, but we're all confronted with something that's an infinite game, an infinite game that's, uh, you know, playing for keeps and, and, and therefore really a profound set of challenges. So there's, there's a, a, a puzzle we're all uh, faced with in terms of like, how can simple sincerity that's post-ironic, post-heroic, post-tragic, like that has encountered grace and been changed by it, but isn't stuck in uh, a negativity. How can that voice prevail with all of these people who are gaming our nervous system, who've reversed engineered the things that grab our attention and who are drawing us and bringing out our fear and our sense of threat and our sense of urgency and all the rest. How can we become a more discerning listener, listening with the ear of the heart in a deeper way so that we, we actually can hear what is true amidst this cacophony of pretender voices? They're lying to us and manipulating us. You know, I, I'm, I had a recent experience um, with um, some spiritual friends, a circle that I've been part of, of spiritual friends for a long time, more than 40 years. And I came to this particular circle, and I was depressed. I, 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 it got to me. I was feeling burned out. I wanted to turn away from everything. And, and we, it's, it's like that song, with a little help from our friends. And so that's where that spiritual friendship comes in, because... They didn't make me wrong or say, oh, Justine, don't feel like that. They didn't say anything like that. But there was something else present in their, uh, they were not in depression. And just in the way that they expressed themselves, it lifted me up in some way. Do you, I see you shaking Absolutely. your head. You, I think you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. 
Well, I'm in a moment like that right now because, <laughs> um, you know, I may be in my, you know, early stages of my dying process. And if that's the case, uh, I've, I've heard it joked that death will kill you, but in the meantime, it will really mess you up. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're not just dealing with, I'm not just dealing with my personal mortality, and we as a collective are not just dealing with our collective mortality, we're also dealing with morbidity. Morbidity is when you don't die, but you have pain and different kinds of suffering that, 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 are, that are just make you miserable, right? And, and, and feeling rotten and, and, and losing independence and ver suffering various indignities and all the rest. And we're dealing with that on a collective level. The fires here in California, the uh, floods, the, the, and, and it's getting more intense. People are losing livelihoods, money, they're, 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 they're losing friends, they're losing their worldview. We're dealing with crazy-making circumstances. And this, this morbidity is what can trip us up the most. Uh, in the abstract, maybe, okay, well, maybe I'm willing to die. You know, it, 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 we can kind of, it's usually a bit of a spiritual bypass, but we can at least kind of in principle, except the fact that we maybe are dying. But it's pretty hard to live through miserable circumstances. And we need new resources, both to soften it, because obviously we want to have both individual and collective palliative care. <laughs> On the other hand, we, uh, we have to find the self it's not just self-compassion, it's, it's, it's both self and mutual compassion, and it's a kind of softening of our hearts to the ordeal of our, of our existence. That, that opens a door. That opens the door. Thank you. Uh, I'm here with Terry Patton. He spells his last name P-A-T-T-E-N, and his website is newrepublicoftheheart.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Terry Patton, and he is the author of 
A New Republic of the Heart, an Ethos for Revolutionaries. And Terry, you have spoken in the last segment uh, about your own struggles within your um, diagnosis of cancer and, and where you are in that. And and you might want to share with us how how that is for you and how it relates to the meta um, global culture. Yeah. Well, one of the first things that became apparent to me, because it was, uh, my diagnosis came on my the day of my 70th birthday, and I was hospitalized for that day, which happens to be April Fool's Day. And this year, that was April Fool's Day, Good Friday, Passover, Easter, and it was completely unexpected. I had been, you know, athletically fit and everything else and just began having my symptoms maybe nine or ten days before I was hospitalized. And the shock of what seemed to be a fatal diagnosis uh, made me immediately recognize that, well, you know, I'm going to die at some point. And if this is my time, I want to spend... I don't want to be in conflict with reality. I don't want to be resisting what is. That's not how I want to spend the time that I have. And it's a lot to fully accept that you may be, you know, your future may be one of diminishment and, 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 and pain and, and, in a sense, you know, extinguishment. That, that has a lot of parallels to what we're all facing because of the crisis. I mean, it may... You know, we we do a lot of our work for posterity. You know, we create our art, or we 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 think we're investing in a future that suddenly is almost uh, our faith in the, our posterity is really deeply shaken, and and so the meaning and the things that we rest on are deeply shaken. Now, can we be in that not knowing? And that was the other step of my process. I have a rare cancer, so it took uh, four months before the first potentially effective treatment began to be given to me. And that was, you know, I was in the not knowing. Well, it's not, it's in your lungs, but it's not lung cancer. It's, you know, on and on and on with, with, with the not knowing. And we're collectively dealing with something very similar. So there were many parallels that made me integrate some of the things I'd been considering on a collective level into the very cells of my body and my way of relating. And what opened up was gratitude. Okay, I've lived a wonderful life. If, if it's my time, it's my time. And the, there was a recognition that all we ever have had is this holy, sacred, beautiful moment. We have the blue sky on a good day, or the gray sky on a smoky day. We have the living earth. We have everything. There's so many blessings. And, and, and in fact, it can't be reduced. Just, just to have a moment of this blessed incarnate existence is something to appreciate. And in that orientation, I'm capable of really loving another person, of, of coming into real contact. We space is not just me and you. It's me and you and the very deep sacredness of me and you, the context of our existence. And that profundity 
has, you know, infinite depth. We can always deepen more into that. And if, in fact, the whole human species is in a death crisis and we don't, you know, in, in some number of decades or centuries, you know, we don't know how, how, how this goes. Uh, we either have a, a kind of societal collapse, gradual or sudden, or we have perhaps something even worse, like a extinction. Facing those worst case things and recognizing, well, if that's what's happening, that's what's happening. This moment is beautiful and sacred and wonderful. And that gives us a context for friendship and for fellow feeling and, 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 and turning outward at, in service and doing what we can to brighten everyone we come into contact with. That's what we're all about. And that's what we space is, is getting as far as we can. And we run into limitations because every one of us is a cartoon character. I mean... I love humanity, but I people. Uh, uh, so, so there's a, a a lot of challenges in really deepening into community, but a kind of fundamental for you know pre forgiveness of our uh, you know human foibledness opens a door. It opens a really important door. So, uh, I hope. I hope that's responsive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, just um, going to forgiveness, I think of uh, forgiveness. We need a jubilee year, <laughs> you know, where we just say, okay, you got a blanket forgiveness, uh, and we just go for it. Just say, okay, hey, why look at the past, as you say, in this moment? And one of the things that I think really, really helps me a lot besides having spiritual friends that I meet with regularly. We hold one another deeply and witness one another, and we're changed by that, is poetry. Poetry has been so helpful to me because it, poetry often talks about, uh, let's say, a Wendell Berry or uh, Oliver poem about the natural world, and and it just gives us a laser focus on this moment when the heron is is lifting its foot and taking a step. You know, it just it just blows my mind uh, if we can pay attention, and that's where the natural world, besides spiritual friends, would you also suggest that the natural world can be of Help to it's us. absolutely primary resource in my own life of practice. Absolutely so, and 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 I I want to appreciate what you said about a jubilee year. I've I've said that you know in a way what I think is most important are two things. One of them is a general amnesty, which is another way of saying what you said. Just a blanket forgiveness. We've all screwed up. We've all been whatever jerks and okay you're forgiven but part of that is that we all have to come we have to bend the knee we have to find our way into a kind of i i like to use the religious word repentance a lot of people don't like that word but it's a kind of humility that you can forgive somebody 
who isn't committed to continuing to do the thing that you have to forgive them for. And so there's a kind of humbling that opens the door to the mutuality that's really necessary. So I think that those are, you know, united in a single uh, process in which all of us are both forgiving and forgiven and earning our forgiveness by our humility. Yes, humility. There's, um, that's not a word that, that is stant in our, our culture, you know, being humble and humility. And the, the word also occurs to me, when we are most inspired, we are in awe and wonder. Yes, we are. Awe and wonder, and yes, that's what you, there you are. Awe and wonder. How how do we bring that for, for, more? For me, what what really opened up after the diagnosis, as I was integrating it, was incredible gratitude for the life I've lived, and then a sense of amazement and wonder, and trusting of the whole process. And these have really served me well. I'm so grateful that I come into this, uh, well, for one thing, you know, with almost 50 years of spiritual practice, but also with time to learn the lessons and grow in the cauldron of this ordeal. And, uh, and, and, and I'm blessed to have the circumstance that some people really benefit and value what I have to offer them. So I'm able to contribute even as I go through what often feels like a kind of diminishment and extinguishment. I just, uh, I just have a, such a tremendous gratefulness and, and also awe in the people that I've been able to meet mm-hmm. in my path, uh, including you, Terry. I mean, I remember when you were so helpful to Michael at a certain point in his life that you were able to to be a mentor to him. That's my late husband and co-founder of New Dimensions. And and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to, to you and those who join you in this endeavor that I'm doing called New Dimensions. Terry, I want to thank you so much for being part of New Dimensions today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Justine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I've been speaking with Terry Patton, and he spells his last name P-A-T-T-E-N, Terry Patton, and he's the author of A New Republic of the Heart, An Ethos for Revolutionaries, And he's also the um, co-founder, he's the founder of a co-creative social experiment called Being of Benefit. And you can find out more about that and all the, the, the circles that he represents and that are represented by that effort of spiritual friends that come together on a regular basis. So look that up. On the website, that's newrepublicoftheheart.org. And you can get there on the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3741. 
New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.